This podcast was recorded remotely and contains adult themes and language. Hello and welcome to TV DNA, The Walking Dead, Season 11, Episode 15, Trust. My name is Adam and I'm here with Neil. It's a setup, I tell you, it's a setup. <laughs> and we're not here with Damien because Damien is on his holidays. So he's off having a lovely time with his holidays, but he'll be back soon. And we are going to record a section of this episode later when we've got Damien with us. So, what did you think of Trust, Neil? It's a setup, I tell you, it's a setup. Yeah. <laughs> no, I enjoyed it. I did enjoy it. And there are some things that I really liked. A lot of romances in this one. <laughs> I like it. I honestly am so excited about episode 16. Yeah, it did feel like there was a lot of setup in this episode for what's going to come in the finale, but it was definitely some interesting stuff. And we got a whole host of different groups of characters and storylines being progressed. Should we start with one of the romances then? Should we go for Mercy? Which one? Spin the wheel? Yeah. <laughs> or spin the bottle? <laughs> I was going to suggest Mercer and Princess. As they open yeah. the episode. No, absolutely. I really like that. I mean, he's kind of on the cards anyway. And almost certainly Mercer's going to be a hero to our Walking Dead universe. And the fact that he's with Princess. I don't think he'll do it for Princess. But just the fact that he's, to an extent, making himself vulnerable. Certainly emotionally vulnerable. So I really like that union of the two of them. Quite clearly, they've played the beast with two backs. There's no doubt about that. And also, Princess offers to listen. And that isn't really a quality I've noticed in Princess before. That person who can listen and be someone. You notice it in Carol and you notice it in other characters, Aaron, for example, where they will listen and soak up people's I guess, trauma or worries etc i felt that gave an extra depth to princess the for me was certainly welcome yeah she clearly cares for mercer and i think will be really good for him he was having trouble dealing with it all and trouble sharing and she really forced him to open up i thought it was interesting to find out that mercer doesn't sleep in his armor <laughs> Well, it'd be a bit uncomfortable, wouldn't it? So he is part robot. So I'm very, very lucky that he likes to hear her talk. Yeah, because I'm not sure everyone would be of that opinion. But also we learn how he stays awake at night. Like Princess mentions that she might gain consciousness during the middle of the night enough to give him a cuddle. And she notices that he's literally just staring at the ceiling, which is clearly the sign of a troubled man. And almost certainly he will be part of the anti-Milton coup, which is what I'm expecting is going to happen. Yeah, he carries the weight of the lives that have been lost on his very, very broad shoulders. I mean, he is a big... They are broad. I did notice how broad they were. And he's got 50,000 other lives to worry about as well. Yep, those shoulders are broad. I enjoyed the scene with Max in the gym where he's doing his weights and there was a poster behind him a Mercer poster with Do Your Part written on it, which they referenced in their conversation. But he's saying he's just a soldier and Max is saying that he could be more, that he's respected by the Commonwealth residents. Well, does that neatly segue into our other couple, Mugin or Umax? However you want to term them. Absolutely. The start of the Eugene arc, they've invited 
Kelly and Connie over because Rosita wants to spill the beans to Connie about what's happened in the previous episode um, in the safe and Sebastian asking them to go and get that money and the lives that have been lost. And they work out that April is a name on this list that Kelly and Connie have been given. As I mentioned last time around, I think this is a list of missing people, maybe not necessarily all due to Sebastian's efforts. I enjoyed this because they worked out that they needed inside access and then Eugene puts his hand up. I love the fact he raised his hand like he was at school. Oh, it's very cute. And to be honest, that kiss, my heart melted. The, the kiss between Eugene and Max at the end of the yeah. episode, yeah. <laughs> they have a conversation where Eugene's trying to get her to steal some files because she's in a position where she can get to them. And they're having a, a kind of clandestine meeting. He's pretended to be a delivery boy, and then the cleaner walks in. I wondered whether the cleaner was one of Lance's black ops team, but I don't think he was. I don't. He looked a little similar, but I don't think it was him. And then we get them, after the conversation that Max then has with Mercer about everything, we get Max coming to Eugene and saying that she's prepared to do what, what needs to be done. So it feels like Max and Mercer are both very much now wavering. Max is fully on board but Mercer's certainly wavering over what is the right thing to do he'd killed those two commonwealth soldiers and he said he'd do it again they're lining them up now to be opponents perhaps for the Miltons and the elite of the commonwealth it's a setup I tell you it's a setup surely this is what is literally being set up for episode 16 I mean some attempt at a coup surely needs to happen next episode I feel like we've got a little more ways to go before we get to coup levels I'm thinking perhaps early in the third section of this season there's a story in the comic books which is very much about Rick and Dwight I just feel like they're going to try and replicate that in some way maybe with Magna and Yumiko it felt to me like Magna right at the beginning of this chunk was being set up as as Dwight's replacement from the, the story in the books. And we haven't really seen her or Yumiko at all. So I'm hoping we're going to see them in this next episode and that might then lead on to an uh, escalation of anti-Milton feeling. For me, the anti-Milton coup deserves being the end of a section. And I don't really feel that it's right for the end of the whole series. But I guess it could be like the penultimate episode. Who knows? They bled to the end of the Reapers storyline, didn't they? Over the mm. end of 11A and the beginning of 11B. So maybe it'll be something similar to that and that we'll see. Yeah, it could be the first episode of uh, the next, what, the last eight episodes. I feel we'll get left on a cliffhanger rather than a resolution. Should we talk about Ezekiel and Carol? No kisses, but a rekindling of a long-standing relationship. Although Carol very keen to point out that they're not getting back together. <laughs> what did you think of this Ezekiel storyline? To be honest, it didn't excite me as much as the other romances that were part of this episode. I'm interested as to where it's going to fit into the narrative, but to be honest, I'm finding that a little bit boring. Meant that Ezekiel found out a bit more about what Carol was up to and what her position was in the Commonwealth. It did serve to bring them closer together, which was nice. We get Carol dropping off Judith and RJ at school and Ezekiel telling them to drink deep from the cup of knowledge. Find out that Ezekiel's surgery has already been done with no complications, no shaky hands, Tommy. And he's got something to show Carol, who uh, um, <laughs> but she's got another job to do. And they have a little conversation about trust. I think that's the first conversation that we have about trust. Yep. In the episode, it starts raining. Someone asks for a rain check, which I thought was a lovely pun given the weather. 
<laughs> we'll see how that all fits into the, the narrative to come. I mean, we know Carol is going to survive this. She's got a spin-off. But Ezekiel, there's been many, many times where I've expected Ezekiel to cop it. Because obviously in the comic books, he does well, ages ago, based on the current timeline. Yeah, we got a reminder that Tommy's on the bottle. I was very confused by Ezekiel coming and asking him to help someone with an appendectomy. And I was sure that that must be something else going on behind all of that. And then we get them comedically trying to get out of the storeroom and bumping into a Commonwealth soldier. Carol has to get them off the hook. And then we find out that Ezekiel's got an undercover hospital inside his vets. Yeah. That was exciting. I wondered whether he was treating people with mad llama disease. <laughs> he's somehow found a doctor who's who's treating people and he's got this illicit hospital going on and he needs Tommy to help one of his patients with their appendix. Well, the only thing I found interesting about that is that there's a lot of underground activities going on that aren't part of the official Commonwealth. And I wonder whether these will all come together when the coup happens. The interesting thing for me was that Theo got sent to the hospital, so I wondered whether they were going to find out what was going on because of that. But in the end, he manages to, with Carol's help, manages to fix the operation that was starting to go wrong. Uh, apparently the director of this episode used to be in ER. I heard that. <laughs> but there was a really lovely conversation between Carol and Ezekiel about lightness and, and dark. I think she says to him that the light suits him and he says that he gets his spark from her, that she carries the darkness but makes the light, which I thought was lovely. And very Ezekiel. I've, I've slightly missed Ezekiel's use of language. It hasn't been as theatrical as it once was. So I do like it when he occasionally comes out with some poetic language. Drinking deep from the cup of his vocabulary. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So from probably the least dramatic element of this episode to the most tense one, we have the Lance investigation, which starts in a very forensic... I thought I was watching CSI. Lance, quite early on in this episode, seems to hone in on how capable Aaron and Gabe are, and Daryl. He's identified, well, I guess, soldiers that he can use, and is obviously wanting to manipulate that and make use of that whereas obviously we as audience know that they'll never actually serve lance in any way and daryl gets them into the hilltop and lance's attempt with little herschel doesn't work i found that really interesting and also how he's realised that maybe he'd bitten off a bit more than he could chew. Yeah, there were a couple of times, two or three times, I think, where Lance knew something was going on but couldn't get people to admit it. People he was questioning knew what the truth was and everyone knew each other was lying. The conversation with Aaron and Gabriel at the beginning of the episode where he's saying, so you're telling me you two survived, all of my soldiers, armoured soldiers didn't, and everyone escaped and they just left you behind and then they kind of look at each other and go, yeah, pretty much, that's what happened. <laughs> um, and it's similar with Herschel in that he's found Herschel's cap and whether he remembered what Herschel wore previously or whether he just took a chance on it and found that it fit but it seemed like he knew that they'd been there because he found the hat there and then there was the moment where he finds a truck and he's 
fixes an obvious thing that's wrong with it, but the truck still doesn't start. But the confrontation where Elijah spots him interrogating Herschel, pushes him up against the wall, all the Commonwealth soldiers pick their guns up, and then Maggie and Daryl, and Daryl manages to talk it all down in the end. The big mystery for me was when did Daryl take off his uniform? <laughs> I had to watch back, and there is no point where we see when he takes off his uniform. Yeah, he doesn't like wearing the helmet, does he? And that's purely so that we can... Identify. I'm talking the whole uniform. He he ends up not being in uniform at all. And there is absolutely... I mean, we see him take off the helmet at the gate, but he ends up not wearing uniform at all. And I don't know, maybe that's just a bit of a lapse with continuity. But I would like... If you're listening... Walking Dead continuity person. I want to know when that happened and why didn't we see it? Oh, he got blood on it, didn't he? Maybe he'd got someone to go and to, to off so someone could wash it for him. Maybe. I wanted to see Jerry or whoever else perform that task, performing that task. <laughs> Very few kills we had in this episode came from a moment where they come across a group of walkers and Lance makes... Aaron and Gabriel deal with them rather than wasting the Commonwealth bullets and Daryl obviously pitches in to help. But I did really enjoy Father Gabriel slicing the walker's head in half diagonally. Yeah. Um, it was pretty great. But that was also part of Lance realising how capable both Aaron and Gabe are. And again, I wonder, has that set alarm bells ringing for him? Probably. As soon as, certainly the expected coup in my head, they're going to be targets one and two. It's interesting, isn't it? And the whole thing with Lance and Eugene a few episodes back, like his, the reason Lance feels so secure is that they've got all of their families living in the Commonwealth. You know, Father Gabriel, Aaron, Daryl, they all have kids, they all have family that are very vulnerable because they are living in the Commonwealth wards and they have a better life than they've ever had before due to the Commonwealth. I think that's why Lance feels so secure in everything that he does. And then we get to the end of the episode then. Okay, so you mentioned the Reapers earlier, Adam. What happened at the end of this episode? Daryl tells... Gabriel and Aaron, that they're not going back to the Commonwealth. They're going to stay out there until they find these missing people, the Riverbend crew. And then we see a couple of Commonwealth soldiers telling Lance they found something. We see Leah in the tent polishing a gun. And then she goes into her tent and the soldiers creep up, look through the tent, and she's gone out the other side. Yes, yeah, she has. But then what happens, Lance and Leah end up in the same geographic position and Lance offers Leah a job. This is cool. You know, I thought Leah and the Reapers, they'd finished their story and that was all done with, but no, they are potentially as mercenaries is what I'm maybe suspecting. But again, Daryl and Leah will find themselves on two sides of a battle. Yeah, there's a nice symmetry, isn't there, to the end of the first chunk which saw Leah hunting down Maggie and co. And I assume that's the job that she's going to be given is Maggie and the Hilltop. Fascinating stuff. Obviously, we've seen the trailer for the next episode, so we know that she accepts her offered position. I think it's, again, set it up really nicely for this final episode. Whilst we're talking about the finale, I have managed to find a blurb. A blurb? Yes. Yeah, have you not... seen a doctor about that? <laughs> 
Again, yes. <laughs> My weekly checkups. I've gotten over the quibbles, but now I've got a blurb. So episode 16 is going to be called God, and the synopsis goes, in the very last mid-season finale for The Walking Dead, our heroes are trapped in situations beyond their control. Everyone they've worked so hard to protect is at risk as danger baits them at every turn. All is at stake. Now they must decide who and what are worth saving. Each decision comes with its own deadly ramifications. Well, that will make the sweepstake exciting. We've already seen an emotional battle going on between Darren and Leah. I actually think it's really cool that we're going to see a development of that. I thought that had all been passed over, but not at all. It's going to come up again. Part of me would absolutely love for Leah to be Daryl's turtle. Using a friend reference, am I right, turtle or tortoise? They're partners for life. I get you. That's what I would like by the end of this whole series is that Daryl and Leah are mates for life. And I, I'm not sure quite where Carol fits in, but that spin-off. Daryl needs a partner. He really does. Yeah, and I really like Leah. I think she's mm. a fascinating character. I just don't think it's going to go down that way. I have a feeling that one of the choices that our characters are going to have to make will be Daryl choosing between Leah and someone else. Between Leah and Carol? Oh my God, this is so much better than EastEnders. <laughs> a lot of the trailer focused on Hilltop. We didn't see much of the Commonwealth itself in the trailer. I think we are going to see those people as well. I think we are going to have a continuation of that story, possibly with Eugene and Max. But I'm hoping, I'm really, really hoping that we're going to get to see Magna and Yumiko before, and Jerry before. Um, yeah, and Nabula. I can't remember the last time I saw Nabula. It's episode nine, I think. Nine or ten, anyway. Cool. So we're going to leave our sweepstake for a little while because Damien is going to join us later on this week so that we can record that and then we're going to add that into the edit. So this will be where we talk about the sweepstake. Possibly it might be seamless. <laughs> I don't know. Probably not. Palimera Malakas, Demo here, just back from my holiday. So I'm just pitching in with some of my own thoughts. One of the things that I noticed most was Daryl. As a soldier, he has absolutely no discipline. He won't wear his helmet. He doesn't fall in line with the rest of the unit. And I guess my main worry is, if I was in that company with him, would I not think, oh my God, this guy is such a bellend. He's just come out of nowhere. He's a fresh recruit. And somehow he's able to just question orders. Yeah, another thing that I found curious was when Lance was trying the car, or I guess the truck pickup, whatever you want to call it. Maggie either knew that it was okay or not. Obviously, it was stressful, but even once he turned the ignition and it hadn't worked, she has absolutely no poker face. If Lance already wasn't suspicious of what she was doing, she basically shit her pants in front of him. There was no hiding the fact that she thought, how have I managed to get away with this? And then the other thing for me, and I think this scene was so brilliantly acted between Princess and Mercer, where Mercer finally feels comfortable to let out this information, this really important, well, almost sacred information. But he does it in the corridor. He's not quiet 
And he stands in the corridor and he says, yeah, I killed two people, but obviously it's a really bad thing. And you can't tell anyone. I mean, as if there's not curtain twitchers in the Commonwealth thinking, oh, that information might be useful. And talking about curtain twitchers, I know Adam maybe posited this already, but I wonder if that office cleaner was one of Lance's spies. And those are my extracurricular thoughts upon the latest episode of The Walking Dead. I do want to pick up on what you said about the acting in that scene, because Michael James Shaw in this episode killed it. He may not have scored any points for Damo, but he killed every single scene that he was in. I love it, Adam. I love it. Okay, as promised, we've now convened with Mr. Damien Cooper to talk about predictions for the finale sweepstake. And we have pre-predicted off-air, and we're now going to share with you what each of us have predicted. So we have to take it in turns, and they're all exclusive picks, so nobody can pick anybody that anybody else has picked. I'm going to ask Neil to go first in telling us who he's predicted and why. Okay, yeah, so you're missing out slightly on the order of these because they're exclusive predictions, but... Because I wasn't able to vote any other way, I initially chose Leah as my killer and Sebastian as my death. That was my first choice. And the reason why I picked those whilst they were still available is because I think Leah's back for a reason. She's going to be doing a job for Lance. So I think we might see some pretty killer moves from Leah and then Sebastian well his time has to come at some point and maybe the end of this section maybe when it happens I then moved on to Elijah because all my other choices of killers and deaths had already been picked at that point so I chose Elijah because I think he's had a target on his back for ages so I think he could go out in a blaze of glory and then finally I've decided to go for Max for death because I don't think the Walking Dead producers are going to let Eugene be happy for very long. I think they're going to kill her and this coming episode is probably a good time for it to happen. Excellent. Some good choices there. Neil, you are currently on 14 points. So we need to see two or three of these deaths and a good amount of kills from Leah and Elijah, I think, for you to stand a chance of winning this season. Damien, you're on 25 points, only five points off the lead. Tell us who you predicted for your killers and death. Right, okay, so my first choice for killer was cruelly taken from me. So I've gone for Maggie, because I think Maggie will do the business in this episode, and I've gone for Lance death. My hope is that when we get to the end of this section, all this foolishness is taken care of and we get some interesting sewing up of stuff i'm not interested in lance anymore so hopefully he's gone i'm not that confident about it of course but i think there's a chance he could be gone my second killer is aaron i think aaron also will do the business and not just because i saw him rather coolly use his wrist as a little bit of uh, a holding, well, I don't even know what you call it. He he laid his shotgun upon his wrist to make sure there wasn't too much recoil as he took something out. So my hope is that that might do me a favour. And I've gone for Leah Death because I think you're right, Neil. I think she will do a job. 
but I wonder if she can survive it. Will she give herself up for Daryl and in the end lose her life or will Lance turn on her? because she stole the guns. I think it's difficult for her to still be there. And then for my final death, I've gone for Annie, because much like you said, Neil, you don't think Eugene can be happy. If Negan is to have the spin-off with Maggie, I can't see him being able to have a wife and a small child with him. So I think they're going to be caught in the crossfire, possibly killed by Leah. Annie? Who the fuck's Annie? Negan's wife and mother of his child. Damo in the WhatsApp when we were discussing this called her Alice, which is the joke that Neil's referring to. And we virtually all at the same time were typing Alice. Who the fuck is Alice? (laughs) So I'm a little bit worried, Damo, by your picks of Lance and Leah as deaths because it's double points. And I think there's a good chance that Lance and Leah could both go in the next episode. Both villains, so totally disposable. So Adam, my pick... you had the first pick, so why didn't you pick them? Yeah, it's a good... I'm going to explain that right now when I talk about my picks. So my first pick for Killer was clearly going to be Daryl. No-brainer, had to be the case. My first death, I was torn between Aaron, who I've predicted will die for about the last two or three weeks, and Lance who I think is the most likely to die in the next episode. And I went with Aaron. It was a choice between the two of them. And I hope I don't regret it come the end of the sweepstake. My second choice for Killer, I I went last on this go-round. So I went with Lydia and my second death. I've gone with Marco. Now, I freeze-framed the trailer. Frame by frame, I went through the trailer for the final episode. And there's a shot of somebody standing next to Elijah with a bow and arrow And we know that Marco and Elijah had a whole Robin Hood shooting competition going on. So that's why I've thrown Marco in here. Disposable character, maybe he'll die. And then the reason I picked Father Gabriel was because I knew Damien had one pick left. And I just wanted to make sure that he couldn't pick Father Gabriel because he's predicted him so many times. And that if he does die in this episode, I wanted to get the points. That would probably cause some trauma to my good friend, Mr. Damien Cooper. Especially if that's how you won. <laughs> <laughs> but no, although I'm five points ahead going into the final episode, I'm worried because I think that those deaths potentially of Lance and Leah could swing in Damien's favour. Any other thoughts or predictions on the finale of The Walking Dead 11B, the final mid-season break? I don't really want to say anything because I was listening back to the last episode Every call I made was completely wrong. (laughs) So I obviously don't know my ass from my elbow when it comes to the apocalypse. I think we're definitely going to see some major deaths. I think all the lovely couples that we've had in this episode, I don't think all three of those will survive. I think we'll either lose Ezekiel or we'll lose Max, may even lose Eugene, or we might even lose Mercer or Princess. I very much doubt Mercer or Princess. I don't think all of them are going to carry the other over the threshold. I do have one, actually. Ezekiel and Carol, are they going to get back together? No, Ezekiel's a pretty cool character to bring into the Daryl Carroll spin-off. She says not, but I think he has a way of worming his way. I've got a feeling Ezekiel will not quite make it out of the final chunk of episodes. I hope it's going to be a really exciting episode from the blurb there's going to be some difficult choices to be made so i think we are potentially going to lose some characters 
There's 40 odd of them. We haven't lost very many in the last eight episodes. Really only Carver and Carlson and Alden, of course. There's got to be a cull at some point. We don't talk about Alden. No, no, no. <laughs> Did you want to talk about anything else that you've been watching? No, I haven't been watching anything else. I've been stupidly busy and I watched a few more Oscar films. I've got a couple of recommendations for you. I've been watching Peacemaker, which is on Now TV. It's uh, Peacemaker's a character from the Suicide Squad film that's been Ooh. given his own series. It's been out in the US for a, a long time. It's only just come to the UK and it's absolutely brilliant. I am four episodes in. My best way of describing it is The Boys Meets Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It's very, very, very funny, really well made. And the opening sequence to it is a thing of joy to be beheld. Peacemaker is a big, big recommendation for me. And I also, because I've been watching loads of films, thought I'd watch another one. So I watched The Harder They Fall. Have you ever seen that? Western. No. Came out last year. It's got a fantastic cast. It's got Idris Elba, Zazie Beetz, who is one of the voices on the Invincible animated series. Uh, Jonathan Majors. I've got Regina King. Got Lakeith Stanfield. Just a really, really stunning cast and it, yeah i haven't watched a good western in such a long time but, but have you now yeah i thoroughly enjoyed watching the harder they fall but yeah we won't mention will smith <laughs> well we will do and um, when we record our oscar episode yeah so if you want to find out about what we thought about the whole will smith thing then tune into our oscars reaction episode and we've also got uh, the finale of the peaky blinders coming up so we're going to have that episode coming out shortly too all very exciting stuff and then better course all coming in april Oh, I cannot wait. Ben Corsol and Obi-Wan Kenobi are absolutely what I'm living for. I do have a bit of casting news for you in a, in a little Star Wars-related way. Have you heard that Christopher Lloyd is going to be in The Mandalorian Season 3? No, I haven't, and that really excites me. Do you know anything about the character he'll be voicing? No, nothing oh, at all. That's... Nothing at all. But, um... That's so exciting. Great Scott, Marty! Yeah, no, I, I cannot wait. I think it's, yeah, that's great news. Great. Well, should we leave it there? Do you want to do the socials, Neil? Well, why would I do the socials when you're so good in them, Adam? It's only because last week you said it was your turn. Did I? Yeah, after Damien had read them. You can find us on TVDNAPod at Twitter or Instagram, and you can email TVDNAPod at gmail.com. Please do give us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. It will help us to get the profile of the podcast. Up. Yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Until the dead rise again and perform an appendectomy, <laughs> we've been TV DNA. Goodbye! Bye!